0: And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley, And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy
1: group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and
0: accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hello! Hey! We're bringing back a QA and a episode. I Well, you know what? A lot of people had kept asking for it, so we were like, we're going to do it, and also we didn't prep anything for today.
1: So <laughs> that's so what we <laughs> do when
0: we don't prep and anything. so when we don't prep, we say, "Nikki, throw up a question box." The issue with this one was, you ever seen so many questions in your no, life. Never, man. We got some cool listeners. Makes you me all are fucking yeah, it makes me okay. really
1: happy because people want to know
0: is. what we think. Yes, which is silly to me. So me too. <laughs> god okay. knows why. So the good news is, our wonderful Nikki. Um, how good was your episode? I'm. So, oh my god, it was incredible. Wait, but I was I was just
1: gonna interrupt because it was. I was thinking yesterday about us doing Q and A episodes, and. Do you remember, uh, like, in magazines where – remember magazines, first of all? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and it was, like, Ask the Boy.
1: Yeah, or, it like was – like, Wasn't or it like like Ask a, the Dude or something? Yeah, there was, like, was like, like, some sort of, like, column where you would, like – And I loved reading those.
0: Yeah, but I feel like the original was um, Dear uh, – Someone. Uh, what's it called? Nikki, do you know – dear abby dear abby in dear abby yeah that's well, kind of actually i believe if there is still have dear abby in newspapers but it's like her like niece or something now like if you look it says
1: interesting do you think her? that's something her niece wanted to do or she felt like she had to take over the family business i would be
0: thrilled to take over that family business. i mean we
1: kind of did
0: that's true so dear emily and dear jen that's beautiful dear friends okay I mean, we do do that segment okay all right so there were so many questions that came in Nikki put them into categories and we're trying to choose life transitions because we're kind of in one ourselves. Yes. We have a lot happening with the business. We have lots of new people coming on. Um, and also <laughs> essentially aren't we always in a life transition? Wow. I know. Yeah. Dep- so let's do life transitions <laughs> today. So we're going to do a Q&A life transitions things you guys wrote in. if we didn't get to yours today we are going to take all of these and, and start doing q a's do more again. episodes because yes. we don't want to
1: prepare for other
0: things that's true that's true we do that that's actually not a lie right there okay so we're gonna start you ready yep do you want me to start with the first question or you want to start you
1: start okay you got it sister <laughs> <laughs> First one, redefining your identity and sense of self after becoming a mom. Where to start? Okay, it's a good thing I asked this one because (laughs) this is so Jen. This is for you. When you
0: got your pets, but okay. But let's talk about this because we've had this conversation that like we both, when we got our dogs, went through like a very similar like depression, like a postpartum. I and I was like, what did I do to my life? I can never leave again. Now I'm stuck in this house. Why would I do this? See, the thing was, I I didn't even there weren't necessarily
1: thoughts that were coming with the feelings that I was feeling after we got our dog. I was just like went into a deep depression without knowing why. But I think that just when there's any sort of intense adjustment, you know, it just like throws off your equilibrium. You're so used to doing something.
0: So I think, like, so we're talking about, like, redefining your identity and sense of self. I think one of the things we have to say to yourself is, like, what was I using to define my identity before? Mm. Because it's very true. If one of the ways I defined my identity was being child-free at a partier, well, it's probably not going to work so well with this new identity. If one of the ways I defined my identity was through working 80 hours a week, well, it's true. It's probably not going to work as well. So the first thing I want you to know is who was I prior and how did I define that identity? And
1: what did that identity give to me, Mm. right? Like what was it about that identity, right? If you're like, oh, I'm someone who works 80 hours a week. Is there some pride in that where you're like, hey, listen,
0: I work a ton and I'm proud of what I do. Do you ever feel like people, because there's like listeners from all over. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like the things that we talk about may be personal to the Northeast area. Oh, you think? (laughs) Do you think everyone does this insane amount of like addiction to work? I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe it's all of Western society. Northeast
1: area, or maybe it's just us.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, that's definitely possible. But
1: you don't think, but you, I I don't know. If you're listening to this and you don't live in the Northeast and you are also addicted to work, you let us know.
0: Right. Like, I saw him just wondering. I don't know. I was just using
1: that as an example of, you know if it's something where you're like, right, I, I guess it, in the Northeast, if everyone's like, oh yeah, I work a lot or I work a lot, right? It's like this competition about who's yes. hustling Addi- more. Yes, an
0: addiction. Right? Addiction. There's
1: like some sort of um, pride that comes with it sometimes, even though it's wearing us the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, that if when you have a kid or you have a dog or, and it takes away from that, what are you losing? What did, what did that identity give to you in the past that you feel like is being taken from you, so mm-hmm. to speak? Yeah. Um, how is that affecting you now what can this new identity give to you
0: right so I feel like for me right like a big part of my identity before being a mom and before um and always and still now is like being a very good friend right like it's like I try to always show up for my fans you are reliable. such a good friend well I'm not as much anymore and I disagree with that you i love you okay but one of the things was right like it's just harder for me like it's harder for me to get to all the stuff like i want to be there for bedtime you know what i mean like i already it's hard because i work a lot and so then like the time that i'm not like i really do want to be with my kid and so that's really hard and people like oh i haven't seen you in so long will you please come to this thing and i'm like no i'm not gonna do that (laughs)
1: also i have to say having a kid is a great excuse to not do things i know you're very extroverted (laughs) but i'm like Ah, oh, God, I don't have. I'm like, oh, my cat's crazy.
0: I got to stay home tonight. But like, here's the thing. Like, it's not an excuse. Like, I genuinely want to be with my kid. My kid's like, hilarious. Right. How funny is my kid? It, the greatest. Right. Uh, we so really like, bonded, right? by the way. Yeah. Also, this, you guys had a good weekend together. We ha- I slept at Emily's house <laughs> <laughs> this weekend unintentionally. For the first time. Well, your husband was supposed to drive home. And then all of a sudden, we saw him with a glass of bourbon. And, and then all of a like, sudden, no. I was like, "You're We're welcome staying. to my guest room. Your guest room was so comfortable. Thank you. But you um, had already brought the dog. So it was a very easy totally. thing to And you know what?
1: Night. I don't define myself as someone who sleeps over people's houses.
0: <laughs> and so I had to redefine myself in those moments as someone who now has adult sleepovers. Yeah. You were like, I guess I'm going to have to be flexible for safety. I mean, you guys could not drive home. No, there was no chance. Yeah. But you know what? I was also thinking like something about- We do not endorse drinking and driving. Not
1: at all. Um, something about like the podcast, for example, we've had to kind of- def- Define ourselves in a lot of ways, right? Like I did a whole episode about being child-free. It's like I'm the child-free so one. Yeah, you are the child. You're free the one, one. with the, mom. the kid. Yeah, and right? it's like if I, I I'm not questioning this, but if I were were to ever be like, oh, actually, I want to have a kid.
0: Oh, but people think you're like a yeah. A tra- I would like have trailer. to
1: redefine my I, entire and identity. I if that would
0: disappoint too probably a lot of people right all these people like oh but Jen was so sure of her child free stance now all of a sudden she's gonna have a kid right so it's true so if you define yourself as the one who's always available for work or always available for your friends and then you become a mom or something else happens in your life where the hell am I gonna start to figure this out so what I want you to look at where you defined before what that did for you how that protected you what was the function behind that and how could that work in addition to motherhood Right. It doesn't have to be that it's ignored because of motherhood, but it's going to have to be adjusted in some ways. It changes. And um, it goes into another really good question that somebody said that I want to actually pull at the same time because I like Please. them together. Um, and which was boyfriend and I want to get engaged and have kids soon, but I'm afraid to lose current lifestyle, money and freedom. Right. And I think that these go together because there is a lot of fear about like what is going to happen when we go. One, what's gonna happen when all of a sudden we don't have free- when you have a kid, it really does change. You can't just like go out to eat. You're like, oh wait, because they got bedtime or something, right? Like th- things happen. So it's true, it does shift, and there's grief in that. There's grief in who I was before this transition of my life, and there's grief afterwards. And so, what would that look like? So, one of the things you have to say is like things will be different with my partner and I. There's no way to pretend like they're not going to be. I was also going to
1: say I think there's something about, right? Like of course there's going to be fear with transitions because it's the unknown, right? Like even if we use the example of, oh, I work 80 hours a week and that's my identity and it's wearing me down. At least you know what's happening, right? Yeah. Like you're you're very comfortable in the known and we're very uncomfortable with not knowing. And so A lot of it, too, is what does this new identity even look like, right? Like, what does it even look like for me to become a mom or move in with my significant other or get married or, you know, have pets? I don't even know what that looks like. And so to not know can be really terrifying for us and our brains.
0: Because our brains want to know.
1: Our brains want to know. It feels safer. Not like that. Right. And so I think that that's a bit our brains that do, do, not, do not, they, they are say, not no, thank you. happy. That's going to be a no for me,
0: dog. <laughs> that's what my brain says, right? right? And so this thing of like, okay, so it's going to be different and it's going to be unknown. So how would we handle it? Right. And so then you start to think about like, what are some ways we can prepare for this? When we talk about preventative therapy, it's also like, all right, I know I have a big life transition happening. What could this look like? What are some things to prepare for? So what, can I ask you a question? it's we are we are being recorded right now so my answer is gonna have to be yes right if you said no like what would we do (laughs) silence (laughs) ended um
1: did you do anything to mentally prep for
0: the transition of becoming a mom I will say this because of all the infertility stuff we went through before I do not think I was because I in some ways had detached I did not know what it was going to look like. And I was very concerned about attaching to my unborn child if she was not going to make it. That makes sense. Right. Because so, if you remember my 20 week ultrasound. Oh yeah. We got some alarming yes. news. Right. That alarming news was like like your child may have serious issues and may have cog- like cognitive. Right. Like, I do remember yeah. that. So like so there was a part of me that froze in that time. hmm. And. I didn't know how to attach so I think like now I would be in a very different place if I was to like ever get pregnant again or be pregnant to be like okay how would I approach this what would this look like with two like it'd be much easier to wrap my head around but no I didn't go there the first time and I'm not going to recommend that. (laughs) Well, Don't well, do well I, I wonder
1: because of which make that makes total sense yeah. right where you're like I have to emotionally separate myself from this just in case anything happens and
0: I've heard about that from a lot of people that have had miscarriages and infertility stuff it that makes it's so like, much sense that you like like it is a self it's protective yeah. for you
1: and yes. so did you have to do most of your adjusting to the transition after you had Millie
0: I did and I think that the biggest adjustment is like in your marriage right which was that it really felt like his life did not change because this podcast is coming from the United States where we don't have any type of family leave because we hate everyone apparently (laughs) um and don't give a shit about parents (laughs) or women or children or anyone frankly (laughs) um (laughs) so like one of the things is that like you know like my partner didn't have any type of leave Mm -hmm. I worked for myself so I took the time off but like he went back to work when she was like three days old and then he started traveling again like his boss didn't care mm. that he had like a newborn at home he had to go on work trips
1: so Men. I think I know so I
0: think the hardest part was that like it really felt like his life did not change yeah. where my entire life was different my body was different my mind was different my schedule was different and so the harder part was that like that is a very isolating situation to be in
1: you know and I think a lot of women feel that I, way that's true. Um, and I think the tough thing is that like no one really
0: talks about it you know like people no one, talk about it's gonna be hard and it's gonna be but they don't like, tell you why that's the thing is like everyone talks about like it's oh you're gonna be so tired but like I feel like people don't talk enough about like, what you're really tired from is like the emotional and invisible like lo- what they call is like the invisible load of motherhood
1: and they don't talk about how I, I really I mean I don't think they really talk about what happens in your marriage
0: no. And I don't transition. think people want to admit it. And I think so. Anytime someone's like, like, oh, shame. no, it was great for a marriage. I'm like, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, I think if there's a lot of shame that comes with that, right? Where and it feels I don't think like, I was
0: able to verbalize. I don't think I was able to ver- verbalize that in my marriage until like Millie was like probably one. You think it's because you were like in this survival mode of like, we just got to, we got to get through this? I guess I just felt, I, I just, I think I just pulled a martyr.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I
0: was just like oh this is like how it is and this is motherhood and this is what it's supposed to be so when we talk about like what is your identity before motherhood and afterhood like I think that this is a part of it and we could use that let's take motherhood out of it let's talk about a new job a new relationship like identities change throughout time
1: and that and then you change throughout time yeah right like your circumstances and this is why we always talk about like growing together in your relationship as opposed to growing apart, and mm-hmm. what it takes to grow together yeah. because you're going through transitions with yourself. Your partner might be going through transitions, your kid might, you know, that like everyone around you is constantly going through transitions, which yeah. brings me back to my original sentiment of like, aren't we always going through transitions? Yeah, we are. And to almost expect to stay in one place. You know, it makes Before, it a little bit tougher. There's there's like resistance towards any sort of transition if there's an expectation of I'm supposed to stay in one place. You're really
0: not. Well, and it's also like then you're not affected by any system around you, right? So like what we talked about is like we're systemic therapists, we believe that everything happens within context and systems. So if you're telling me your identity is always the same, you're too rigid and you're literally losing the system around you. Mm. Systems change and we change with it, and that is simply how this world works. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing, it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, the lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You got to try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash shrinkchicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you.
1: So so we could talk about, like, why why is it hard for just us as human beings to accept the fact that we change or accept the fact that things change around us? Mm-hmm. And I would think it's, you know, just like a primal need for safety. Yeah. Right? And safety is structure. Safety is things staying the same. Right? If you think about, I mean, once again, I'm not a parent. I don't know a ton about parenting. But... <laughs> From what I know, you are a parent. I am telling
0: you, whenever someone's like, oh, it's not the same having a dog as a baby, I felt very similar. Thank you.
1: So, what I know from having a dog is that they need structure and there's bound and there's safety in knowing what they're getting right and so i think you know we're all we all just have children inside of us that are like i need to just know that things are going to stay the same or there's this structure in some way and that in, in and of itself gives us a sense of safety but because our lives and people around us and our systems are constantly changing it's almost an essential skill to be able to adjust and mm-hmm. to adapt to that change. And so just know if you're taking anything out of out of this long ass rant that we're going on, <laughs> that it's a natural part of life to go through these transitions and adaptation is part of
0: that as well. OK, next question. I'm getting married next fall. Any tips, things to avoid? <laughs> 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 However much money you think you should spend on this wedding, you should don't. <laughs> don't do it. The number one thing we hear from people is why did I spend that much money on the wedding? I think the And by hear from people, she means what we say to each what other. What we say <laughs> to each other and also, no, I think a lot of people say that, right? Nikki, you wish you, do you think you should have spent that much money on your wedding? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Every person in this area is saying no. So flowers are outrageously expensive. yeah, Definitely. flowers are very expensive. But here's what I would say. You were spending thousands of dollars for one day and the amount of people that think, premarital counseling and couples counseling is too expensive you one of them is 24 hours one is the rest of your life so spend the money on when you are doing the budget spend the money on couples therapy talk about all of the shit take out what we talked about before. is we have uh, have had other episodes where we talked about like conscious and unconscious contracts if there is something you are thinking your partner will do when you're married Do not think it, assume it, speak it. So if you think because you're getting married, he's gonna not go out and drink every single night, you better actually say those words. I'm assuming this is this true, right? If you are thinking that she's gonna wanna have kids because you guys got married, you better say those words out loud. So then have the conversation. The number one thing I think is say is like start talking about stuff. Not just what venue, not just what photographer. People are focusing on the wrong things. They're focusing more on the wedding
1: than not the, the marriage. marriage. Yes. And that's in, an, in a bigger sense, the most important thing is the marriage, not, not necessarily the wedding. the wedding. There's so much hype around the wedding. Yeah. And if we're going to talk about, right, I'm getting married next fall. Any tips, things to avoid? Okay. So I think we assumed that this was about the wedding. I'm kind of assuming that this question is about the wedding and not the marriage. I don't know right I'm getting married I don't know
0: so if we take that assumption well I mean okay so any tips talk about talk about every single thing that you are making assumptions about in your relationship are you saying those out loud and have a conversation and a really great tip you can do to do this is called meta communication we communicate about the communication where you say I noticed that we haven't really talked about having kids should we talk about that I've noticed that we haven't talked about how your mom has come to every single vendor meeting should we talk about that yes you're talking right. about all
1: of the things that you're not talking about. Yes. Um, I would say tips for the wedding, though. What tips would you give for the actual wedding? Because I have thoughts.
0: The, it, drink water and eat. Drink
1: water and <laughs> eat. I love that. But well, wait, I would say. Wait, yours?
0: Well, I'm going to say
1: listen to yourself throughout this entire process of wedding planning. Okay. I can it's... I bring
0: something up? You might get mad at me, though.
1: Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Do it. We we can can also... ed- you can edit it out. Okay. If you okay. Like, me. Show this up for the record. Tell me.
0: When you first went to try on wedding dresses, yes, your you loved a dress and your mom didn't like yes. it. Yes, do you wish you went with that dress? No. Okay, you looked hot in it though.
1: I know your boobs look great. Thank you. <laughs> uh that was really hard for me. That was hard. I right? also made it a point.
0: I'm just you went by yourself
1: i i went all of my wedding did all my wedding dress shopping by, by myself i also didn't have bridesmaids i yes. did not have a bachelorette, bachelorette or party
0: a bridal shower i made it a specific point to say that's because you saw how horrible my experience was yes i at, was so anxious not that my like i had a lovely experience great right time so a beautiful thing but the idea of everyone about me was too overwhelming and when we were at uh emily's um uh,
1: I had a panic attack. Bachelor, my bachelor party. party. She
0: pulled me aside. She was like, I can't, I can't do this. I
1: can't do this. Like, it's just. And so I kind I was of. was sobbing in the shower. I was so overwhelmed. I kind of knew this about myself, too, that like. Even if people were like, this is about you, whatever you want, I would not be able to set those boundaries for myself. I'd be so concerned about everyone else. Yeah. So in order to set those boundaries, I said, I'm not having bridesmaids. I'm not... Because it, it's just going... The best to... gift
0: you ever gave us. So
1: the one thing I did was I went wedding dress shopping one time with my mom and... The rest was about yourself. And the rest was about me because, you know, I wanted it to be about me. And she didn't like this dress that I really liked. And it was so hard for me like I had a really really tough time with that because it was like the one thing that I didn't want to infiltrate that process mm-hmm. and I was just like I, and I was kind of doing it for her yeah. you know I wanted her to be you know in the process but um am I, I I'm still kind of happy I didn't go with that dress but I probably wouldn't be able to breathe in the end. That's why my tits looked so good. <laughs> it was like a full course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, that was really really hard. So I would say it, it's so easy and it happens so often that other people make your wedding about them. Yes, and it's a
0: lot about pleasing other people. It's a I lot mean, about pleasing oh, other people. Your grandmother is important for her for it to be in a church. I, oh, it's you really need a, important you need for a my rabbi or band to do right. it. Yes.
1: And so, but if that's not what you want, right, and you get to make those decisions, it's important to assert the things that are important for you if it's really your day. And it's so I think with social media, too, there's a lot of pressure around you need to be doing it this way. You need to yeah. have
0: this many people. This Although is I, I think that COVID really helped normalize elopement in micro weddings. And I am here for that. Would you have done a micro wedding? If I was to go back and do it again, I would totally do a micro wedding. There's this place um, in the Poconos called Promise Ridge oh. that I have never been through. I just love them on Instagram. And it's like this beautiful spot. You only have like like 15 people. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's what I would do if I was to do it again. I would so have a So intimate, wedding. right? It's like yeah. an intimate experience. And, and stuff. I loved my wedding, but I would have done it differently.
1: Yeah. I think everyone feels that. That's another thing, too, is that, like, you're planning so much. There's only so many times in your life that you have so much time to think about one event, right? I was also thinking, like, you know, when you're pregnant, you have nine months to think about giving birth. That's a long time to think about something. And be anxious about it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, the hype around it. Just know, like, it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. And to remember, it's not
0: necessarily about the wedding. It's about the marriage. And unless it's, like, the craziest shit ever, like, a pelican comes in holding a dead arm and throws up on your aisle, like no one's remembering it like it would have to be like the craziest thing ever for it to actually snow you is that too much <laughs> you guys gonna edit that out now Absolutely not. that's the great like why would that be the thing that well, happens thinking, like you know a dead body you know because we live in philly right, right? A so, like, Pelican comes you know it's the, <laughs> in the springtime we, we live in philly <laughs> so this shit <should> happens <laughs> all the time it's like dead bodies that come up with them you know right on, on all the, the all the dead bodies yeah, right? that so come I was up thinking, like, a and all the pelicans. <laughs>
1: That we act out with.
0: I'm just saying, you have to be like the most extreme thing for anyone to really remember. Besides that, nobody does. I can't even like tell you about any wedding I've gone to in like the past five years. Same, right? And sorry, yours was one of them, and so was mine. <laughs> probably because we were drinking. That's probably a good point. Could maybe be a could maybe be a if piece you're, of it. Yeah, sober person. Okay. okay, hopefully that was helpful. <laughs> hopefully a pelican doesn't come with a dead
1: arm. but do you think someone's listening to this they're like oh my god that happened if if that fucking happened
0: send me an email because we're to send you merch yeah Um. you you need (laughs) merch you need something advice for my mid-20s i've never been in a relationship but i want to be feeling like crap about it Mm. i okay i have to say one i think we have to normalize this for a minute i was yeah i was gonna i think this is more common than this person might realize i would agree and there is nothing at all wrong with you but you're right we live in a world that is like people getting together very young ages we like glorify high school sweethearts which we think we We also
1: glorify being in a relationship (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. where like that's the goal the goal is to be in a relationship and my question was going to be like what about it's making you feel like crap like is it the pressure around being in a relationship, the idealized version of what it means to be in a relationship. Um, do you want a partner? What does that look like for you to kind of ask yourself questions around like, what do I, f- what parts of it do I feel like I'm missing? Is yeah. it about, is it really about me, or is it about other You know, kind of s- social norms and, and all the shit I'm seeing on social media and feeling like you're not involved or you can't participate in that? Um, what are the things that you feel like you would want out of a relationship? And what things that you feel like you might want, are there things about that that you can give to yourself in other ways?
0: Yeah. I would just be aware of the systems around you that are feeding you this information, right? When there is any type of story that makes you feel bad, the story that I should be in a relationship, I should be married, I should do this, those are stories and they're coming from heteronormative, cyst like, right, like that there is a function of like a socially constructed idea of what is happiness and what is fulfillment, and so you have to talk back to those stories that, like, you were in your real story right now. It's not somebody else's. This is your real life experience. And I want you to really like, greet that with, like, curiosity. Exactly what Jen's talking about, like, what would work for me, not what should I be doing. And let me just say, your
1: future self, when you, if, if you do get into a relationship, you might look back and be like, I wish I uh, appreciated
0: those times that I was Being single. Being single a little longer. I think that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not There's anything every, we think that's every married person i think that's every married person agree yeah, it is right That like oh like remember when you used to just like not have to worry about someone else not worried about shipping put away right like i think there is grass is always greener. The grass is always greener all right how do i balance multiple life shifts job moving marriage pregnancy mm. wow you're really throwing it all at once right like might as well Woo! hitting uh
1: four birds with one stone that's fine that's yes. probably not a good saying well, I don't know. My
0: pelican might need to- <laughs> <laughs> Your pelican saving lives. Or I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't, know I what don't think doing it is. I don't this think it is. Is. <laughs> Okay. Here is my first thought. This is a ton. So one is normalization of how overwhelming this is. And it's not forever. So that sometimes you have to say to yourself, this is temporary. It is not permanent. What do I need? And the part of that is finding the rock within yourself. If I am experiencing a ton of identity of system of situational changes there has to be some type of rock within me at the end of the day i am still emily even if my job changes even if i move even if i'm married even if i'm pregnant what is parts of my identity that i hold on to that does not shift and change within these (laughs) You're you're looking at me like you're gonna make a joke the rock the rock the rock within me the
1: rock within me the f- my thought that came up is like <laughs> i don't know No, the
0: pelican
1: the, <laughs> the pelican <laughs> no the uh the like um fucking what is it like a what's the thing where like you, you're you can't pee because <laughs> because you have like a, a UTI no a it's kidney like stone? a kidney stone that's what it made me think of
0: <laughs> so find your kidney the rock stone. within me well, what would you say okay so yeah how so, would you balance multiple life shifts okay
1: well I'm thinking about like when you have a lot going on your mind goes into I have to do this I have to do this I have to do this and it's like going into all of the different domains of like Oh, I'm moving. I have to like pack all my stuff. I'm I'm pregnant. I have to think about like setting up the baby's room or whatever. Your mind's going into a million different directions. And I think that it might be helpful if you slow yourself down and say, okay, let me write some of these things out or let me structure them in a certain way where I can focus on one thing at a time. And I think it's so easy when we're overwhelmed to think about the big picture and say, Oh, I have all of this stuff to do. How can you just look at the first step in front of you? Right? To slow yourself down and say, okay. What is the first thing I have to do right now as opposed to like here are all the things I have to do because that can be so overwhelming and once again normalizing your experience like it's it's pretty overwhelming to be doing all of those yeah, things at lot. once it's a lot and so I, I you know I'm just thinking about what that must be like and and your mind going in a million different directions and wanting to get everything done wanting to be on top of things but know that just as emily said this is a period of time in your life and if you could just focus on the first step as opposed to the entire staircase Mm
0: -hmm. are you ready i'm ready this is a tough one we're gonna send this person a lot of love man okay this person wrote in i'm on a grief journey three years since my sister and only sibling passed and I still find myself getting frustrated with myself that I'm not where I'm supposed to be based on societal expectations around grief. I try to give myself grace often where I'm in the depths of my grief. But, um, but what would be a good way to stop putting expectations around my oh, grief? Yeah, we, we are, are sending you. you so much love. Yeah. Um, I think you said something so important here, which was the societal expectations. Yeah. Right. So the thing is, it is so true. We are expected to get over stuff so quickly and i will say that also western society is like one of like the few um societies that sucks but no (laughs) but also (laughs) that that we don't have like repeat like grieving ceremonies right so like it's very common in one indigenous communities and other cultures to have like an honoring day like that goes on that like you're not just over it after the funeral yeah and so like you're right like it is totally a societal expectation get over it be done haven't you moved on oh you she's in a better place or whatever horrible things we say to people right and
1: i think i think too you know when someone first passes there's so much love around you right like everyone comes to your hat if you're jewish there's a shiva mm-hmm. if i don't know what happens in other you know that's well I there's a, but there's a lot of love surrounding you. People are making you things, they're checking in on you. And I think after some time, people stop checking in on you, right? And you're like, "Oh, you know, as people kind of pull away or they forget about it or they're not bringing it up as much, you know, like 3 years after someone dies, people aren't saying to you like, "Oh, how you how are you doing with that?" And so I think sometimes as the support pulls away, we start to develop this expectation of, "Oh, because people aren't asking me about it, it means I should actually be getting over this when that is not true. Grief is such a process. It is a long, long process that you continue to go through and different emotions get brought up throughout that process and everyone grieves in different ways. And so just because the support is no longer there or no longer coming to you. It does not mean that you, you have to be over it in some way or that you can't be hysterically cry over the passing of your sibling. That is so hard to lose that in your life. It really, really is. And you know, I think something to think about is just because support isn't coming to you, you are still allowed to reach out and be like, hey, I know it's been three years, but I just want to let you know like, I'm still really struggling with this. Can we hang out? Because I'm having a really tough day.
0: There's a great organization called The Dinner Table. Have you Do you have anyone who's used this before? No. Which is really cool. And so it used to be in person. I do believe they're currently virtual, as many things are right now. But it used to be like in different cities, like you sign up for like a dinner table and it's all people that are grieving. And so you go to these events, it's like a potluck, and you talk about the person you've lost and it's all other people that have also lost somebody. And so it's a way of being like, oh, how do I bring it to the dinner table? Like it's not... It's not the same. It's not is acceptable everywhere. So this is a grief center place. So it's called the dinner table. So if you have lost someone or interesting, we should link it and connecting. Oh yeah, link. we'll do a, we'll do a swipe up and make sure people put in the show notes and stuff. I also wonder too if
1: you know in your family if if your family is no longer talking about the grief or if other people are your friends go- aren't checking in. Yeah, yeah, if no one's right, or if your family, you know, the people are also going through a similar grief. Um, Or maybe no longer talking about it, just because people are no longer bringing it up doesn't mean that you can't bring it up and say like, hey, I'm still really struggling with this. And knowing within yourself that it's okay that you're still going through this, it might be there. It might be there for the rest of time. Mm -hmm. You know, it might be something that comes up in different ways or gets triggered or you see a picture. And that's okay to allow yourself to feel the feelings that are coming up in space that feels safe for you. We're
0: almost at the end of our time, but we were going to answer something, but let's do, let's do what's the path to becoming an LMFT because a bunch of people asked about this. Okay. Um, okay. Nikki's looking at me like I shouldn't be doing this one. (laughs) is that okay? I'm like, wait, did I miss something? (laughs) I'm like, okay. okay. So because a bunch of people asked in and I feel like a lot of people have asked if you want to become an LMFT, that is what Jen and I are. You're going to go to undergrad for something. Frankly, it doesn't really matter what. But you know, a nice psychology of human development always works at undergrad. In you're going to have to take some type of um, statistics and abnormal psychology to if, get into the program. Yeah. So if you do that in undergrad, it can
1: transfer
0: into your graduate yeah, school. Yeah. But like, let's say you went to school for like, I don't know, engineering or something. You're going to have to also make sure you take um, abnormal psych and statistics Which to let get me in. tell you, we don't use statistics at all. Well, you also just told everyone that we barely read. So... <laughs> Did I? <laughs> That's not true. I'm in a night class. I have to read freaking research every week because of this effing night class I'm in. Which I would like to say, for the record, I'm in a night cl- a virtual night class, and I got in trouble for chewing gum last week. Oh my god! With my mic off. How are you chewing? I don't think like that obnoxiously. Like,
1: show me your mouth. Show me the mouth. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> Could be where I-, I was picturing you like i don't do i chew gum I No, do see me chew I, gum. actually i don't I think i've ever neither i just chew. happened to be i was I, wondering like it was on my desk and i was like oh you gum? don't
0: i don't i was like oh look some gum My That's, husband, i was I think so surprised there. when you told me that story
1: about what was happening okay
0: so you're gonna go so you're gonna go to some type of undergrad and then you're gonna apply to an mft program they're often called cft couples and family therapy because it's more inclusive but the actual licensure is called mft i don't know why there's a difference frankly um there's amazing there's lots of good programs you want to Preferably go to one that's co amft accredited because it helps in the licensure process. I would also say something to consider is asking a student who already
1: goes to that program what their experience is. And if they like it. And if they like it. And something that was really wonderful in our program is it provided us with an internship program that Mm -hmm. was connected. So
0: yeah. So do they help you find internship? Because you're going to need 500 hours during that time. Um, half individual and half systemic, so working with couples or families. And so, if you have a program that's a built-in internship, it's much more helpful. If not, you come and apply to a place like us, and you do your hours here or other places, right? There's like lots of places that take sites yes. on. And after that, depending on the state, you need a certain amount of hours. Um, Pennsylvania's three thousand. In Pennsylvania, and so after it's you graduate, three thousand. Then you spend three thousand hours to get your licensure, and you have to spend three yeah three thousand hours and then a hundred and fifty hours of supervision um, with an MFT. And then you take a test (laughs) about things
1: that you never use
0: clinically. Yes.
1: And then you're an LMFT. And you
0: win. And then then you win. But there's a a million different things. You can have an LMFT. You can be an LPC. You can be LCSW. There's so many different ways to like be licensed. Why did you choose LMFT? Oh, for the sex therapy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I chose the program in general for sex therapy.
1: Why'd you? Me too. And for couples. Yeah, yeah. I really want to work to do with that, yeah. couples work. So that's
0: it. OK. So cool. yeah, if you want to do a couple, if you specifically know you want to work with couples and families, MFC is the I highly recommend it MFT. That's it. Um, that was the episode. That was it. So now if you want to transition in any of those
1: ways... <laughs> There you are. Um, But we're going to continue to do some Q&A episodes because we got a million questions. So if your question didn't get answered, tune in for another episode.
0: Yeah, there's 40 more on here.
1: Yeah, there's a million. So we'll definitely do another episode. If this was helpful for you and you think it would be helpful for a friend, feel free to send it on over. Um, Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. And it's now follow on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember... To grow yourself, you gotta know yourself.